my name is Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. Once again, I'm handing the reins over to Graham Pullen, who this time took the recording equipment down to New Haven to talk with Carrick Lee skipper Frank Shaw. It was to this corner of the country that TV chef Hugh Fernley Whittingstall journeyed to make his point on the stupidity of current commercial bycatch legislation which insists on quality fish outside quarter limits being dumped back at sea dead. In this interview, recorded on the boat, Frank Shaw makes a few observations of his own regarding commercial fishing, catch quarters and the need to conserve, along with the usual mix of seasonality, fishing areas and tactics. So it's over now to Graham and Frank. So I'm down here in New Haven on the south coast, top wreck area, one of the uh, top fishing ports, and I'm with uh, Frank Shaw of the Carrick Lee. Got a brand new boat, and Frank's been fishing down here years. Got a lot of information to tell us. Got a few inshore masters from dinghy anglers. Anybody wants a small boat down here? So how did you actually get into the fishes? Give us a bit of a, a history, Frank, of you know when you started and how you got involved in the charter fishing, or if you're in commercial fishing, how did you get into the commercial side of things? Well, I got into uh, commercial fishing because I didn't have any work. I was looking for something to, just to make money with, and in those days, if you, if you could make yourself a bit busy and you didn't get seasick and you could, you could get out and graft and someone would take you, and that's what happened really, and I got myself a little netting boat and away I went, and um, I did that for quite a few years, and quotas and um, the impending doom of the industry sort of drove me towards wanting to work closer to home days, um, and then I took up charter fishing and I'd fished... Um, as an angler, a keen angler, I go around. Most people know I go around fishing um, since I was seven, and so yeah, I t- took to it like a duck in a pond. To be honest, I I, I really love it. I, I fish myself on my days off. Um, I, I still hold a commercial license, but we only really fish for the bass with that. Uh, that's just a case of um, an investment, really. Now, yeah, thoroughly enjoy it. Thoroughly enjoy the whole situation. Love taking anglers and love writing about it. Now, you've obviously done all the rough ground fishing and uh, reef fishing and sandbanks and stuff. Is wrecking your speciality? I mean, is that something that you've uh, you've really sort of specialised in yourself? Yeah. Um, most of the top charter skippers from um, these ports around New Haven, Brighton and that, they really are good at wreck fishing. Um, we had two world wars just off of here, so we've got hundreds of wrecks. Uh, the ground around the wrecks has been quite heavily hit by trawlers there's no doubt about it and um, you, you can you can dress it up in whatever gloss you like but trawling has hugely affected the ground in between the wrecks and the, the, the wrecks become quite a haven for um, fish you know they hide there now years ago I used to remember a lot of anchoring up here but recently it seems that like it's more drifting is there is there a breakdown between anchoring I mean as the anchoring dropped off for the big congas that's what I used to know the south coast you know you think Brighton New Haven top spot for the big congas can you still get the big eels there have you had any good days anything like that yeah, I, I um, really enjoy conga fishing, and I do, um, I'm a young guy, my crew, you know, he loves it, he, uh, he just always has, and it is a top area for congas, and I mean, they're just about on every wreck, right the way across to, through the Bay of Seine, and right the way across to France, and if you're doing French trips, then you can fish for congas, and there's more congas now than ever, because there is no commercial um, value. There's no commercial value in um, conga. It makes about one pound a kilo best. It's a pain to net. You can't catch them in nets very easy. Yeah. So they're getting more and more and more and more and more. Um, they're tending to stunt a little bit. They're getting smaller because of the feed on the wrecks. That's just my opinion. But you're getting a lot more small eels than... Yeah. You, what do you call a small one, Frank? I should think up to about 25 pound, I'd yeah. say, was small for this area. But we've still had several 80 pluses on, on, on Carrick Lee. We don't really, uh, we don't kill them now. We will take one for the table quite often, they die. You know, they, they, not everything, not yeah. all congas live. And um, we cut it into sections for the anglers, but we don't do this. When On my first early times coming down fishing, I was appalled because anglers would go and catch them, take pictures of them as trophies, yeah. and then just throw them in the rubbish at the top because really? they couldn't fit them in the car. Yeah, I've seen, <laughs> them, I've seen them crawling half dead out of the out of the rubbish bins, really? yeah, I've have seen it, yeah. and, and uh, but that was another time. Anglers yes. aren't like that now. No, they're into conservation. I don't know how many yeah. years they are starting to put them back in yeah, the yeah. In all fish, you know, 
and all fish. It, the difficulties between the commercial sector and and um, the uh, private sector at the moment is, is still is quite an emotive subject for all of us. Sure. Yeah. There's there's not much commercial in for the for the Congress though really as such. Just so they're all left alone. So even the reefs is any bit of rough ground. You were saying is, you know a small boat angler could come and he's got a good chance of picking an eel up somewhere on a bit of rough ground or or must you target the wrecks really to have the best of it. You have got a fair to decent chance of catching eels on rough ground marks that are off New Haven. You're better off on places perhaps down, down around the Isle of Wight and that where there's a lot of rough ground, right? But we don't have that much rough ground. You know, it's wrecks or all that. But you will catch them. But the good thing about New Haven is that you can catch. Ow, guys, we're just having that. Somebody come in. He's, he's going to give us a. He's give you an interview, but he's just coming in with a list of uh, a list of numbers. Sorry, yeah, no, no, we, we, we use that because it's so, so very nice. Thank you very much for writing those numbers down. Appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Later on, we'll uh, have some more information on marks and stuff. Uh, just going back to the wrecks again, Frank. Uh, more people want to go what cod fishing, pollock fishing. You know, what, run me through the year. What do you do? Say spring, summer, autumn. Do you have a, a fixed season on anything? We start now with the cod and pollock on the distant wrecks. Uh, we will travel twenty miles plus to go to the channel wrecks on the other side of the uh, shipping lanes, and we can catch a serious amount of cod. We can catch uh, two, three nice cod per angler per day. Need to be doubles, are they some of the double yeah, figures? Yeah, we, we had several. We had one day there um, last year where we had uh, five twenties. Five twenties, really? Yeah, the yeah. biggest on currently is 32 and a half. We don't get the telephone numbers that you sometimes hear on the internet. And, sure. And, that, and, that, and all this nonsense about whole tons of cod. Uh, it might happen almost never. Um, but to be quite honest, I think that is a bit of an irresponsibility from the anglers to take that amount of cod. Yeah, you can only eat so many fish at Certainly. the end of the day. So, I mean, like three double-figure cods, more than enough anybody's got fillets off of that lot. Yeah. Yeah. And are they going to pick other stuff up, pollock and, and stuff at the same time? Certainly. Um, the more west you go um, through the English Channel, the more pollock you find, and the more east you go, the more cod you find. Dinky anglers are a bit up against it because they do tend to be a long way off at this time of year. But... Having said that, there are little patches where you nick the odd one. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Uh, what about uh, techniques? What sort of techniques for wrecking? What, do you, what would you advise people to set up with tackle? Is it coming out on your charter boat? What are they going to set up with? Like 30 pound outfits and the end rig? Do they want uh, uh, sidewinders? Do they want red gears? What do they need? You know? I'm a great believer in sidewinders uh, fished on an upsider or on a 30 pound class, 20, 30 pound class like gear. Um, for the simple reason um, is again going back to how many cod you want if you've got a string of perks and feathers and you catch four one's caught in the eyeball so you can't return it or that yeah. I'm actually believe yourself in one hook one angler the skill level's higher and you're still going to catch fish after the cod start the cod are here pretty much on the wrecks but they just come closer so say in June you'll get them on the 10 mile wrecks and then in um uh, late August they'll be pretty much on the ground just off of New Haven oh, really, uh, yeah. but then we start bass fishing which I love to do um, we can catch some really lovely bass and we can start that in April right the way through to October congas are summertime things Yeah. and uh, as I say we love to fish for congas now do you do, mention to me earlier on that you do night fishing trips from as well yeah we, we, we do night parties for congas and we do um, we, we, we get so busy at the weekends I mean um, you can barely get one of the top uh, New Haven skippers at a weekend now for this year so uh, we actually do an evening trip yeah. uh, just so that people that can't get their weekends uh, can't get us on the weekend can fish for an evening and what time does that run you know in the summer well we like to we like to be in by 10.30 so we like to run 4.30 to sort of 10.30 on a six hour trip but we will run later if you want a full trip but, um, but we'd rather do sort of a, a five or six hour trip is it better for fish of a congas at night? You know, do you no, get more or not necessarily? No, no yeah, it, it's, uh, we, I actually don't think it's as good because obviously safety aspect, you can't go steaming about just anywhere in the dark. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah so, um, you, you, from, I, I would go to say one wreck and I'd sit there 
um, knowing that I can come home safely because I've been yeah. that way and, and, and it's out of the way to returning ferries and that sort of thing. So no, I, don't, I actually don't believe that it's any better. Uh, it's just quite simply because we do get so busy that not yeah. everybody can get with us at the weekend. Now do you get plenty of uh, bait fish mackerel in, in the spring and summer or do you have to sort of freeze stuff down for the punters? What, do they bring their own bait or do you supply it? How does that work? Well we don't um, supply bait because there's a very good tackle shop here at New Haven, uh, it's the New Haven Angler, it's right by the cafe that's in the um, harbour and it's selling bait is probably just doesn't suit me really, in fact it's not actually legal if you catch it, you need a full fishing licence to sell bait if you've caught it yourself. Is that right? Well, yeah, I knew that. It's commercial. Yeah. You yeah. need a commercial licence. <laughs> Right, so um, uh, yeah, you can get into a bit of trouble doing that. <laughs> um, so you, you can give it to anglers. Yes, I believe. But um, I prefer them to buy their bait and get what they want. Glenn's very good, and they buy their bait and off they go. We don't use a lot of bait. Really? Yeah, when we're conger fishing, we catch it. Yes, yeah. Catch it at sea and use it at sea. Any difference you know? between, between squid and mackerel? Let me break in there. Say, is it, you know, is it, uh, you find I, I don't like squid as a conger bait because, because quite simply, the pouts eat it. Okay. You need to have a bucket of them that are yeah. all bolted together before a pout would stop eating them. If you use a mackerel flapper, you still get those big pouts nailing it. You know, either a big cuttlefish. A cuttlefish is a great bait on on the wrecks. A fresh cuttle. Um, it's a magnificent bait on a Rex because a big cod, big pollock will eat it, yeah. a conger will eat it, at times a year better than others, uh, but, but otherwise a mackerel flapper, if you no, don't no, catch no. a conger on a mackerel flapper he's, he's not in a good mood. And on average what sort of lead are you going to be using out there, if you're, if you're conger fishing, you're anchored up, you're conger fishing on a small tide, what's the sort of guys going to need a, to bring in On a small tide you might only need 8 ounces, on a, especially with braid, on a big tide without braid you could use 3 pound and not hold the bottom. Really? Yeah. 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 So uh, it just depends. I mean, it's a tidal thing, and you've got to be very careful if you're a dinghy sailor that you're anchoring these wrecks uh, properly. Yes. Um, yeah. because, because they're not easy. They're quite often in more than 200 feet of water, quite often in strong tide. Yes. You really need to read your tide chart and get some help and advice. I'd actually start off by anchoring ground and, and some of the inshore wrecks before I got straight out on those conger wrecks. But there's wrecks within a mile of the coast where you can catch really nice conger. That's good. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with small boat anglers is I think a lot of them don't realise that the deeper the wreck is, you've got more variation of wind and tide. So by the time your bait's on the bottom, you could be bloody miles away from it. So shallow water would be a, a better way to try around you, Avon. Is that what you're saying? We live in one of the most populated shipping lanes in the world. In fact, I think it is the busiest, only sent for the Suez Canal or something. And uh, it's heavily fished by commercial fishermen, especially French. It's a short sea. Yeah, and a short sea is a particularly dangerous sea. You haven't got any time to react, right? And the tides can be quite brutal. You only have to yeah. look at the Portland race and places like that, and yeah. they're, they're life-threatening. And the problem, in, in my opinion, is that I understand why is to keep the boat industry buoyant. But you don't. You can just go and buy a boat. You can go and buy one of the lovely dinghy packages that are available in the magazines. Get yourself in New Haven and go and steam 25 miles, and nobody stops you. Yes, that's right. But yeah. if you're a commercial fisherman or a charter skipper like me, you have to have quite a rigorous test. You yeah. you have to spend thousands on life rafts, uh, safety equipment for your anglers, and prove you can use them. Yes. Right, but you don't have to if you buy a dinghy, and that is a an issue that you have to be very careful of. You have to depend on on your own common sense. So make sure you do if you're a dinghy sailor. Make sure yes. you don't don't just go steaming out to a wreck that's thirty miles off because charter boats are bringing in congas in from there yeah. because you might find that you just have not got the equipment or the skill level to, to use back. that equipment to anchor yeah. that wreck. It yeah. is quite difficult yeah. to anchor wrecks. So you could go out, catch nothing and put yourself in a life-threatening situation and not even be able to get back because if you're in the middle of nowhere on your own. Yeah. Got it. All right, so anybody with a small boat, you know, think inshore is what you want to do. Yeah, another uh, aspect we had talking about, you mentioned to me, was about uh, the big bass. You get big bass here on some of the close-in wrecks. I think you told me the name of a wreck just literally down off the Cookmere River, was it? What's what, what's that about? You know, Is that something small boats could do? Oh, certainly. Um, the, the bass fishing here is magnificent. It's the home of bass, everybody knows that. 
the wrecking question is is the cement boat, cement boat, or the Devon coast, and it's very well known. I mean, all the, all the, there is barely a local angler that wouldn't tell you where it was. It's not a big secret. It's not not as political nonsense. It's relatively safe, which is why I've given it on this. It's one of the ones that I yeah. I, I would have considered it. it. It's in fairly deep water, three quarters of a mile off the Cookmere entrance and it does hold some really good bass it's very good for anchoring yes yes some of the commercial bass anglers do go there commercial bass fishing is different they call them bass bandits and they're quite good at it and they have strict quotas and sure. strict rules of which they behave and uh, the problem with bass fishing right is dinghy anglers yes that are not commercially licensed catching bass yeah and then selling them illegally. Yeah, right. it's yeah, not the yeah. commercial fleet. It's the it, it, there is a large amount of people that yeah. will sell bass if they catch them. Well, it's big money fish. The lure is just it, almost too much for them. That's right, and and that is a problem. And that was a problem with getting through the legislation of bass, which is something I agree with totally. When they try to through lobbying get the size limit of landed bass up to 45 centimetres it's only 36 centimetres for the commercials yes uh, and I agreed with it but the, one of the problems was the uh, commercial anglers would not stand for it for two reasons one of them was that they knew full well that non-commercial anglers still sold bass yes some of them illegally yeah. illegally yes right so what was the point of them going with this law if yeah. people were illegally fishing right next to them. The other one was that the French did not have to go along with it. Oh really? Oh yeah, it was only a UK based policy to go to 45 centimetres. The French could come over here to our limit of each boat, catch as much as they want, they could even land it in England. Well, it can't be right, can it? They, they yeah. can send it back by truck or something and, and, and um, as I understand the rule, sure, and they had no intention of um, adhering to those of, regulations. Of, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't a French regulation. It wasn't going to be a regulation. It was only going to be a regulation here. So that is why, unfortunately, it, it didn't pass through. But I, yeah. I agreed with it. We have current problem with the cog quote. You see, the, co the commercial cog quote of the under ten meter fleet at the minute is sometimes there's a complete shutdown you're not allowed to land any at the minute yeah. you're allowed 50 kilos a month it's nothing is it no it's not a bycatch no they throw it all back dead and just in the river the other day i saw lots thrown back dead yeah right because they caught them anyway all right and if you've got them in two miles net clearing them out it's quite dangerous business yes at sea so quite often they're just discarded and they throw them back and, and the, the fines for being caught with them are enormous so the commercial fleet aren't allowed them and haven't been for several years which is why there are so many for dinghy anglers I mean there are a lot of cod out there for dinghy anglers there isn't the amount that some crazy people are saying sure right but there are an increasing amount which was the whole point to get more fish back, yes, right? yeah and I believe that there's going to be a problem because allowing dinghy anglers to catch as much as they want yes and take them home Right? and stopping commercial fishermen yeah. having a sustainable living is not fair. Yeah. It's not fair in anybody's book. Right? And one of two things will happen. Either the Ministry of Agriculture will allow those wreck mares back onto the wrecks or they'll stop anglers catching them. If yeah. they stop anglers catching them, that's very bad for us. It's very bad for the dinghy angler, the whole industry. Yes. Right? If they allow wreck mares back on those wrecks, it is disaster for everybody. Now, were you right. saying early on, give me those figures that you were saying about how they come back and how they can be wiped out, a period of such a short period well, of netting. cod regenerate, given the right conditions, magnificently. They're hugely fast-growing and they're wonderf wonderful recovery rate and it, it does it in front of your eyes. If you're not absolutely nailing them every time they move, they They'll do regenerate, back. they come back. But then, if you put a net on a wreck, it stops them in a week. If you do it as well as some of these Frenchmen do, they'll fish it out three tides. They, they, three you, tides? Oh, yeah, they're, they're awesome. You, there was a big blue boat out there last year, and we, <laughs> to be honest, we've been trying to keep our own presence um, secret from yes, it. Yes, careful, been yeah. It's done, all out now, yeah, isn't it? Well, it's been done in by a boat that, unfortunately, was there that's been bragging about huge catches. Yes. And uh, the problem is that 
that's quite easy for that big French netter to work out where those wrecks are. And it'll go right through there, and last year it did, it just fished them, and we took pictures for a magazine editor, which quite clearly showed a staggering amount of cog coming up in his nets. I couldn't tell you the truth if I tried, because... Yeah, maybe it was hundreds. It was, it was in, in, the, in the small amount of net we saw coming, maybe a couple of hundred metres of net, we probably saw a hundred fish, you know, it, it was, it, yeah, and, and all alive, and right in front of us, and they actually shot the net right through us with my anglers on the boat, so all the cameras were going and everything, so we have to have a common sense existence with a commercial fleet, right, but on, on, on the other hand, it would be disastrous, and I mean disastrous, to allow the, the box or cross netting of the UK cod wrecks again because if you do it's gonna it will finish it off it's just like the Grand Banks in, yes. in Canada most of us know that they left it too late they left it so late to shut the fishery that now the cod won't regenerate other th other species are regenerating in their place I've heard that I have heard that well that's, yes. yeah. that's a fact I mean it's it, it, I'm yeah. sure that most people are set about the scientists I mean people say oh, what do the scientists know well they know quite a lot <laughs> to be honest with you they're very, very yeah. clever guys and, and, and their interest is, is in the cod population for everybody has increased a lot in the last five years because it was almost extinct off here of New Haven. There was hardly any cods. Of and how many years ago was that, Frank? Roughly, you know, just to give people well, started, an idea. I started chartering eight years ago, and we were lucky to get five or six cod a day. Yeah, in season. In yeah. season. That's for the whole boat. Now that can be three times that, which is plenty of cod. Uh, three or four yeah. cod per person. It's plenty of cod. We don't always catch that. Sometimes we, 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 we have a real nightmare. Day. So if, for instance, you went ten times on a charter boat through the year, you might have three days where you, you go home with a nice bag of cod, and three days you might be fishing for bass, and you might get a few mackerel, and, uh, but you're not going to affect stocks. You really won't. Yeah. So some days you'll be blown out, as you know yourself. Exactly. Other days you might blank. Because yeah. we all do, although some skippers are actually managing to try and convince the public they don't blank, but that's, that, that's a lot <laughs> We all of blank, yeah. We yeah, all do the blank. Lot, that's, that's a lot of nonsense. Yeah. And um, a good skipper won't always catch fish, but he'll always try to catch fish. Yes. And that's how I look at it. I, I, you know, I, I will always try and catch a fish. That angler, by the time he's fed his family, hasn't sold any fish. Like a shooter, he's enjoyed his. Um, exactly, he's got he's got he's got with, he's got with uh, two brace of pheasants, effectively. Yeah, you've you know? got it. You, yes, that's it. That's he's got with his, yeah. his, his compulsory brace, yeah. and, and he's, you know, he's, if he looks after it properly, we've got filleting tables on a new character and all that with proper rules and um, uh, good fillet knives, and we've got a crew there which will bag it all up for you. Yeah, um, and most charter boats that are good have got that service. You'll go home with, 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 a, with a bit of fish. Now, do, but on, if on, you try and become commercial, yes. if you sell it, which pe some people do, or you just brag about the wholesale slaughter of it, you are risking your sport. And you are also risking the living of really good people that fish commercially. It doesn't make them axe murderers because th their families have fished for 400 years. And they have to live with this cod bands and, and, and 100 kilos of soles a month, and, and they do live with it. But we have to be fair. We have to keep a manageable amount of fish for ourselves and put the rest back. And a yeah, lot of good skippers are doing it. And what on the bass, how has that affected? Are they coming back? I mean, I can, I can see that in Ireland when I've gone there in the last four to five years where they put the banner of commercials and the gill netting etc 100% the fishing's like bloody superb over there now I mean, it's numbers the fish each year I can see are getting bigger these are only reef fish are not wreck fish it's inshore reef the surf anglers are catching you see people out spinning in the evenings you know trying to catch them we even caught them on the jetty this year like three four pounders mm. uh, on side one as we know they're coming back so is that the same here you think the, the bass are sort of making a bit of a comeback well I don't think the bass ever went away to any great um, standards, the, hu the huge invasion of bream and bass in the spring, what you would call schoolies, doesn't seem to appear, but um, it's still a sustainable living for the commercials, and it's not a precious stock, it's, it's not, uh, as I understand it, it's not a lockdown species at the moment, and we catch plenty of bass. They're always going to be difficult to yeah. catch, which is why they're expensive in the shops, and they're always going to be a prize for anglers. But they're not uncatchable, and I personally don't think they're under threat. I don't think so. The commercial side of the bass situation is tied up. 
people look at the government's efforts and say, oh, what do they know? But they do actually know quite a lot. And their restrictions of commercial fishing is working. It's definitely working. Fish are coming back. You know, you only have to go and speak to guys fishing Dungeness and the East Coast off the beach. You go back five or six years and it was desperately difficult. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, I've seen like video clips of people catching 20, 30 fish in a session around there off the beach. Again, it's coming back. Uh, our problem is it's only 60 miles to France at New Haven. In some places it's only 22. And, uh, right, I suppose that on an interview on here, you're supposed to be politically correct, but I won't be. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely against French methods. Have been. I don't think that, that they have a sustainable amount of fisheries officers. In other words, I don't think you get caught yes. very yeah. easily. Yeah. If you want it's to, worth their gamble to take a risk. Opinion. It's yeah. my opinion. Some people will share that opinion. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very good fishermen, the French. They're very good. They're better than us, in my opinion, commercially. But they would wipe it out. Yeah, they, they take everything. They, would yeah, take they would take everything, especially if they can do it on the Engli English side because they're part of the EU fisheries policies. Now, somebody might be able to rip apart what I've said on, on technicals because I haven't read every single part of the fisheries policy. Yes. I so, said, you know, there are people that would they're, they're say, oh, you've got that bit wrong. But generally speaking, I think the French effort has to be addressed before you could put any more restrictions on the English mm. commercial side. And I think that the uh, angling fleet, and they like me for saying this, have to be brought more in line. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah. so in other words, there are 99% of charter skippers have a lot of common sense. They really are. I mean, all the ones in here in New Haven, most of them at Brighton that I know, and the, the ones I know are all top guys, yeah. right? And, and they've gone through a lot to learn enough to to be able to survive as charter skippers. And they push their, their guys to just take what they need. That's all we do need, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a bit of sport. You know, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to... There's not many days a year when you're going to really spark it off so much that you'll have all these cod laying over the dead. You'll always have two or three fish, three or four fish. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was actually told off by a few Irish, nice guys, lovely guys, with a good point as well. Irish um, bass anglers last year because I allowed one of my angling parties to kill 24 bass for the eight of them, I think, yes, seven of them, yeah. which was three and a half each. Yeah, but what, what people didn't quite realise is those guys booked me seven or eight times a year. The couple of times before that, they didn't catch any bass. And I'll, I'll admit it, you know, we yeah. tried and we caught a few other things, mackerel, but we didn't catch any bass. So over, over a year, they one fish each, less than one fish each less per average, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas the drift net would wipe uh, it out. Well, it wouldn't wipe it out, but it would take more than one fish each. Now, when um, you when you catch those, go with, with the anglers there. How, what would you recommend as a rig? What, what would you say? This is the way we fish bass. Is it live bass? Is it uh, lures? Just tell us a bit of tackle. Well, the, Give um, them a tip or two. Well, catching a bass, especially a, a big, a large summer bass, is quite a simple affair. They eat live baits. They eat other little fish. Bass are completely predatory fish. They are thug-like creatures. If they were people, they'd all be Millwall supporters. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are absolutely. Yeah, they they just bang. They hit the first. They open their mouth. You ever see a bass feeding? It opens its mouth so its gills are open, and it take a can of beans in there. What? Gone. Yeah. Yeah. And they eat little fish. So most of the top bass anglers fish for them with live bait now. A dinghy angler picking up your magazines or listening to this, right? Right, could quite easily say, well, that's all right if they're there. And bass anglers that are top draw go right out of their way to secure live bait. They learn how to catch prawns. They go out on whole sessions fishing for horse mackerel, which are horse bobs or scads, scads yeah. which are staggering bait. Bass yeah. young guy, like he's, he's like a heron, you know, picking out little pouts and that. Because if you give a good bass angler on a good day, 30 baits, it gets you 28 fish, 26 fish. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, they can, yeah, they're that good. The actual fishing of it is a piece of cake. You just want a fluorocarbon leader and a, and a size 4 treble, and, and I mean, always oh, oh, just put a spark plug on half the time, a 5 ounce spark plug with a rubber band holding it on the line. And yeah. that, yeah, that would be as good. It's, it's, the, it's the bait that's doing it. It's the bait that's doing it, yeah. If you then want to go off that because you're a dinghy angler, you've got to tow it from London, or yeah. this, and then, you, you know, and you want to go sidewinders. Dave Kiddy sidewinders, quite awesome in the, in the uh, mackerel colours and the natural colours. Yeah. 
Sakuma make a new evolution type of red gear. Oh really? Yeah. Like, yeah, they do. It's a weighted top, and they do it. In oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and being in the magazines, and you can buy it in the shops, but that, we found that to be very. And they're good, good as well. Oh, aren't they? very yeah, good. As good as the Sidewinder, probably neck and neck. After that, there's all the things. We, we don't find colours like rhubarb and custard work as well for bass. They work better for pollock and cod and that. I don't know, I'd argue with the other white guy swear by rhubarb and custard because I wanted what they were talking about. They said, no, that's the only lure. There you go. And then I caught on a black. It didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't <laughs> make it work. So we couldn't make it work. So, and the other thing is, we've never caught them on black either. Here, yeah, yeah. here we find natural colours, sandy, all this, that, and the other. But, you know, that's angling, isn't it? I mean, I once came in here. here after a day's bass fishing to go to the fuel pontoon and I hadn't had a particularly good day I, I can't remember what I actually caught and a 10 year old girl had caught one on, on the fuel pontoon had caught a double figure bass on a square of cheese no. fishing for mullet yeah yeah, and, and so what do they pick up? You, you never know do you? You, you, you don't I mean the, the British record perch was caught by a carp angler on a maggot clip I believe that British record Zander was caught by a kiddie fishing for bream on a swim feeder yeah uh, did it eat the maggots did it nail a swim feeder you, you don't know right place right time right, right yeah. place right time biggest bass we've seen in years for 17 and a half pound caught by a, a day angler on one of them on one of the local marks really yeah so they insure stuff then yeah oh yeah oh well, bass are an insure creature and, and all the marks that i'll give you today are insure and i'm going to do that for the simple reasons you could get it from uh, your chart information. Yes. Um, and it's, it's not to keep anything that I do secret, particularly, it, what it is, is to keep the anglers safe. You, yeah. you, a lot of the time here, a lot of the year, year we do run off. That's what you pay a charterman for, you pay his ability boat. to run off, you know, go different places, bigger boat. But yeah, you can have a really, 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 really good summer fishing out of New Haven on a dinghy, no doubt. Now, looking to bigger boats like yours, this new one, tell us about this new one, what it's going to do, what equipment you got and stuff like that. Talking of going offshore, because the dinghy anglers obviously think I'll leave the dinghy at home and go offshore because things like those big cod and stuff and bass is uh, going to lure them a bit. Run us through the the new boat. Well, I will. I'll tell you the truth, and <laughs> it's brutal. The truth is that we're in a recession. I did have a big catamaran, lovely boat, smashing. Very expensive to run, and we've still got lots of parties, but they quite often want to go five and six handed now and not twelve handed like they used to. Um, and I did a lot of corporate work, which doesn't really suit me. I, I prefer to take anglers angling. Yes. It's just my, I, I've got nothing against anybody. I just, you know, if I've got a, a dozen guys from a corporate do that have never fished and they've got champagne in one hand and that, it, I was happy to do it because I was, but, but I prefer to take anglers angling. I don't care the standard of the angler, I'll help him or he can help me. I, I, I don't mind, but I'd like to take guys fishing. And, um, by having a new boat, uh, it is fiberglass to most people, but it's made out of something called Nidoplast, um, which is very light, so you get very good fuel economy. Um, we've been able to design a boat that's got great angler features. It's got a baiting table you stand up at, it's got coffee holder for everyone, rod holder for everyone, it's got a, a fixed seat for all your anglers with cushion and, and, and it, it, it's it's nice live boat well for bass anglers yes. it won't make the disturbance in the water that other boats make when you're bass angling or it shouldn't and I, that's what I've um, and in the weekdays now we're running at 400 pound a day for the boat for the day which was actually down I've actually reduced prices yes so in this world where fuel's going up and everyone's having to put their prices up I've dropped my prices simply because of that new boat yeah, yeah I couldn't have done it on the old boat, I would have had to ask for even more money this year because of the f fuel liability of two big engines. So that's economical, that one to run is? Much more economical to run because you're quite simply pushing a lighter weight. It's yeah. the same as physical size, really. It's, yeah. it's, 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 um, it's a charter boat, it's fully coded. Eight people are very comfortable. And you built it yourself, you say? You help, well, we bought a kit, and when we say we built it ourselves, I mean, we, we, we had the... Um, all the important bits, the mechanical side, what I call expertly installed by local marine engineers. We didn't do any of that. We did things like the baiting table, uh, windows, you know, put, put the stainless steel bits on. You yeah. know. But it saves you a lot of money and it teaches you a lot about your own boat so that if you're out there and a bit falls off, you, 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 You've you, done it. you can put it back on. So, so um, And the anglers have supported it big time. I will say a big thank you to a lovely guy called Aaron that lent us his boat, the mistress. 
Well, um, this was built while it? it was built so we didn't stop we carried on going so we yeah. had a window of time to build it and uh, I mean I'd encourage uh, private dinghy anglers that wanted a slightly bigger boat because that boat of mine you can get it down to um, 25 foot and what's the name of the mate what it's a pro charter um, pro, pro charter p3 and you, you you can get it right down to 25 feet in this yeah. new new hull material, yeah. what, what was it's that again? Nidoplast. Nidoplast. It's like bubble wrap. Oh. Right? It's look, in the middle, it looks like bubble wrap that's got a sheet of fiberglass on either side. And it's really light, but you can drop an engine on it and it doesn't seem to bother it. You know, it's, yeah, it's, I've never heard of that. That's well, lifeboats started with what they call FRC, which is very similar. It's a, it's a similar cons concept. Yes, know? yes. Um, and of course, it work, if it works for all night national lifeboats, it's good enough for us. It's good enough for me, yeah. So I'm. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. I'm very pleased with it. We had our first trip on Saturday, if I can say. Yeah. And, and we took one. Uh, we took the enemy. We took Barney Wright from Total Sea Fishing. Yeah, give him a great mate. Of, he's a great mate of mine. <laughs> we took him, and he caught a 15-pound cod, first or second okay. drift. We had we had a good showing of cod. Um, we didn't get this this huge great tonnages, but we had a decent showing. A nice bunch of guys, and we we can't wait to get out. And especially for bass, we really believe that. For bass in it will be the kiddie. Uh, you think because it's quiet and yeah, stuff? Yeah, because it'll be quieter, yeah, we think yeah. that. Um, but it'll be good for everything else, especially ground, ground fishing and congering because, well, you've seen it yourself, it's got those covers that come, it's got a seat inside a cover so you can put your rods out of the stern and sit under the cover under a light. And with, side covers you got there? Yeah, they all the way the down it. Spray off yeah, and wind go, off and everything. It goes to three foot from the, from the stern, so going out. I mean, the guys on Saturday, was we just picked a really rough day to start. We On, on Saturday, it was quite 26 miles an hour when we came home, which is 4-7. And the boys just fell asleep under that cover. Really? Yeah, it was great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I've got nothing against the old boat. They have their time days. Catamans have their time. Yes. Right? But uh, you do not need a boat that would keep say a, a, a netting crew or a, a lobster biting crew safe in a force nine if you're going in a force four to five bass fishing with some with anglers with anglers yeah, you, you yeah. just don't need an army to fight a losing battle and you don't need to charge the angler to have it yeah. you can charge him a bit less money for a bit less fuel and get yeah. the same job jobbed they want to catch fish anglers they want to the catch day. fish and they want to be safe and the government keep charter skippers safe the the, the um uh, if you have to see what we have to go through to all the legislation and coverage to, and everything yeah, yeah legislation yeah. and it's, it's, it's quite and, and they're, they're quite fierce with it and they need to be and um but they're very helpful we had no trouble with, with um what they call cop the code of practice people they were really helpful to us they they, they did as many visits in the snow because we built it through this winter and you know they'd turn up in the snow in their suits and, good, yeah. t t and take measurements and suggest ways that we could be safer and and i did i'd enjoyed it i'd, I'd enjoyed the whole thing building and what engine have you got in there what, what is it she we've she got an iveco six cylinder yeah all right and you can set that you can derate it upgrade it to the horsepower you generally need the least um horsepower you can run at cruising the better to, for your fuel economy for, for the customers but we really like it and the, the installation of it is you sometimes you just know it if it's going to be a pain yeah you know it, it's, it, if it's difficult to fit it'll be difficult to mend if it, if it doesn't sound right at the start it won't sound right in the middle you know i'm yeah. like that I, I know pretty much soon I, well, I like to think i know pretty much sooner sooner or later if a boat is right yeah, and if you just go in the river and you hit that stick and the thing jumps right out of the water, and she just just goes right out of the water and starts going, then you're pretty much right. You might have to twig things and move things. You feel it, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You feel it. It's, it's like picking up a really good beach rod. You can you you know if it's not of the standard, if it's going to break just above the butt, a good beach man will put it down quickly, won't he? Yeah. You know, he'll know or break it. Away. Or break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, what about other species? Uh, you get black bream and stuff up here We're very on, good on at inshores? Black, we're very good at black bream here. What sort of mark would you all, say for all that? All the way through. I mean, the old boy Neil French does staggeringly well down at Kingmere. And I've been to the Kingmere. I know the Kingmere well. And I, I go down there. Um, and and it, it's an early mark. It's a great mark. It's one of the areas where more control of commercial fishing, which will come. Yeah. Right, with balanced seas, which you can talk about in a minute if you want. I think uh, that's one of the top marks, especially for a dinghy angler, it's too far from New Haven. But you have to remember that those bream, after they've been down there, they head this way. And about July through August and into September, and sometimes October, but don't hold me to that. Sure, yeah. We get the big ones on the wrecks. 
and you can fish for conger on one rod and bring them on the other. Is that right? And we had one that was seven ounces off the British record. Is that right? Yeah, the former BFM editor, Jim Whippy. Jim, yeah. Um, right, Jim we yeah. sent pictures through to him and he, he, he put it in the magazine. And that was on a French side trip fishing for conger. And I noticed that the baits were being stripped. So we had a, a six pound seven on the bottom hook and a three pound eight on the dropper on the same rod. That's a good lump. Caught by, caught by a lovely fella called Wayne Godfrey. A really nice guy fishes with us and it was yeah it was a magnificent fish and we quite often get fours sometimes fives we've had a couple of fives so it's definitely all the way through here right the way through don't quite know how far they go down but certainly off of Hastings and that they get that far yeah yeah, yeah certainly I think they go further but I don't want any really irate skip from Dover saying yeah. we get loads here because I don't know because I've never yeah. been around there so I, I, I'd sort of stand what about uh, up the Isle of Wight where they get a lot of smooth hours now coming in inshore really tight is there any of that up here do those smoothies come up this far or do you not get those well that's the skippers down in the Isle Right, they ain't nothing but smooth hound dogs. <laughs> no, no, no yeah. they like fishing from there, and they've attracted um, a crew of a, people that enjoy fishing for yeah. smooth hounds. I haven't got any of those. Um, but I, they're up here. The species is here, are they? The species or not so are here. The species are here. You catch them in. Um, you catch them in fair numbers in one of the uh, pieces of ground that I'm going to give you. Yeah. Again, it's a safe ground. The, the local angling club will give it you. I don't think anybody would say I won't give you these numbers. It, yeah. it's it, it, a very. It's not. It's sort not, of basic spot. Everybody it's knows. It's a basic it, spot, yeah. and you'll have company. You know, if you're in yeah. a dinghy, you're probably on a Sunday. You're going to have five or six guys with you. You'll catch smooth hounds there. You definitely will. You'll get the old conger there. You'll get bream through there. You get rays and stuff all back. You do. Stuff. You'll get rays, but we are not. We're on sand a lot of the time, and then on hard ground, we don't have a massive ray or place population you don't get the place up here like we, they get down we, uh, bogner way and all that then. certainly not yeah. I, well, if i can say that no sure. um, yeah. they, they get them to the east of us hastings yeah. and they get them to the west of us there are some very good local anglers that have their own dories that actually catch a fair number of place you know good ones as well just yeah. five miles from here there's an area where you might Catch six eight pounders, you know. Six really, pounders, really. Well, I, when we were in our netting days, and the netting boats here have caught, yeah, that a six pounder was not. You get that That's in most days, fish. yeah. And, and but here, one of the problems, obviously, about me talking about flat fish and bottom fishing, is I'm not a bottom fishing specialist, and I, I, I can do it, especially in yes. the winter. When we all do it for cod, but that's different than just bottom fishing. You know, yeah. cod in the out, winter yeah. is, yeah, it's pretty much understanding the gullies and potluck a lot of the time, if you don't mind me saying that. It is, pot yeah, luck. Yeah. Because you see, cod swim down the tide, so you could go to a place mm. that you think is really good and the cod could be three miles away on the tide. You move to somewhere else and they come past where you were. <laughs> so it's a bit of a lottery there, winter cod fishing, but. We don't draw the amount of the anglers that like to fish for place, they go elsewhere. We don't draw the ones that really love to fish for smooth hound, they go el elsewhere. We're basically a wrecking port, and we're a very, very good wrecking port. We've got wrecks from two miles away from our other arm that will hold good conger. I mean, good congers, 50 pluses, you know, and bass, double figure bass. Um, you can catch cod to 30 pounds or, or slightly more mile from the arbor arm. Oh, very close, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the piece of ground that I'm going to give you is, again, it's a big safe bit of ground. You might have 30 guys with you. Yes. Don't blame me. You might have the whole angling club round you. Yeah. Right, in fact, I wouldn't have to give you the numbers for it, because if you looked out, you'd see all the boats in the bay. So so it's anywhere from yeah. the bay, really. And and you've got a very good chance of a very good catch of cod in the winter. You know, I'm not saying you'll get half a tonne, but you yeah. might get half a dozen for three of you on yeah. a dinghy. That's you good know. fishing, yeah, yeah it's still good yeah. fishing for a small boat. Yeah. Yeah. So guys that are trailing the boat here and never been here before, safe marks, I should say. Safe they marks, that's all I'm going to give you, I'm just going to, you could get them out of Dive Sussex probably. Two of them are charted, so you get them, you just steam up with a new, I've got the new Lawrence kit on my boat and you just steam straight up on the charted mark and, you, and, and you'd find it. Um, that was going to be my next question, was uh, what your electronics on there, just run us through all of the electrics you've got and what I've makes got, and stuff like that. I've got one make, I've got Lawrence, yeah. um, I had it before, I personally find it to be the simplest for an old duffer like me to work out. It's simple, it's got lovely colours so you don't have to put your glasses on to see it all. It's one of the few displays that I can still see without my glasses, that's just me. Yeah. And I'm not very good at 
the reading of the bit. You, know, you might say someone who writes for a magazine should. I can read, but I'm not. I don't have the concentration level to work out all the bits and bobs. I'm yeah. not a computer whiz. It's too much on there sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Young, young guy much. can. You can. He, can, he loves it. I yeah, suppose, he yeah. loves it because they're kids, aren't they? Yeah. They've been taught at school. They've been taught how to learn it straight away. And, Oh, I'm not, I want to go fishing, and this is oh, a pain yeah. in the neck to, right? And so I've got the Lawrence kit, and I've got two of everything on separate and joined together. If you see what I mean. Yeah. So, so that I, if I lose a sound, I don't lose a day's fishing. Yes. If I lose it, yeah. It's all. I've got um, Lawrence radio. I've got it all the one make. I bought it all as a package. It's the stuff that doesn't need aerials. It's got in its own in, in built-in antenna. Integrated antennas or something. I like it because yeah. your aerial can't let you down. Yeah, and you haven't got drill holes in your wheelhouse roof. You have water dripping on your head after Makes a year. Uh, uh, so I, I, I like all that sort of stuff. Uh, this one has got. I, I will blow its trumpet because I think yeah. it's a new thing. It's it's got um, AIS, which AIS put the ships. All right, you you have to buy the box separate and all that, but you can fit an AIS w alongside it, and it displays the ships in the shipping lanes without use of your radar. It tells you where you're going and this and the other. And if you want a small boat, you can put them on small dinghies, I think, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Get one. 130 quid in most channelries, get one. It runs with most, it runs with my Lawrence, but it runs with most of the, it runs alongside it, it just comes up on the chart. Yeah. Get advice from your channelry before you go and buy it, just in case I've got that slightly wrong, and there are makes that are not compatible. That's it, it won't right, work but, together, yeah. But with the Lawrence, and, and if you're crossing those shipping lanes or you're in fog, you don't need a radar, for it to tell you what those big ships are doing. Fantastic. Also, it's got an iPod station, which you might think, oh, well, but you can plug your phone into it. Yes. And if you can plug your phone in, you've got a third radio. You've got, a, especially on a dinghy, you've yeah. got a land safety line in with a phone that's on charge all the time. That's right? true, yes. You yeah. can put your music from your iPod phone or, I, or iPod or iPhone or whatever, you can stick it in there, you can play it out, it's got two speakers in it. And it comes, you can buy it in, in uh, Ryan's set, sell it as an extra. I don't know how much it is, and of course that depends on where you get it, doesn't it? Yeah, so I'll leave around. that one out, but I really rate it. If you do buy a, a Lawrence nav station, get, yes. get that um, charge, I forgot what they call it, they, but you can put your iPod in it, iPod in it, and it's everything seems to be nowadays compatible with everything else. Well, that's what All you need. Interface. Isn't it? Is that what yeah. they call it? Interfaced or something no, like that's that. That's what you need. And obviously, we've got a handheld as well. Um, that, I can't tell you what that is. It might not be a Lawrence, but we carry a handheld. Just as a guy for small boat people that might train a long way, I mean, I pull a long way, but I generally I'm in shipping lanes. What's the width? What do they call it? The demarcation? So, how wide would that shipping lane be? So, you go out so many miles, you're going to start to pick up the big ships, then you go so many miles further, and then they tail off a bit. What's that? Just approximate. No, not I think it's a mile wide, mile and a quarter, but I should know it. But it'd be on your chart. So, it's very narrow then? The, the, yeah, yeah, but the, the advice I give you is if you can't read an ordinary paper admiralty chart, do not go that far. Yeah. If you've just bought a dinghy or, and you haven't done, I mean, you can do the um, day skipper. Yes. You don't have to go and do a big ticket. You can do the day skipper, you can do ocean skipper. It's all there for you at your local Texas schools that do it. If you're going to spend uh, a couple of three thousand average on, on a small, on a cheap dinghy, aren't you? You know, you could spend at a least. lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, at least, yeah. yeah. And then you're going to pay more rings and fuel. What's a couple of courses? Yeah. There's a bit of application and time, but it'll keep you alive if it goes wrong. I mean, if you can't read an Admiralty chart, should you be out there? Exactly. It's only my opinion, and it gets bits a bit controversial, but... Well, no, it's safety. You, it's safety, you, yeah. you can't ride a motor scooter without some sort of license down. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you can, as you rightly said earlier on, it's like going on the board and you go on the beach and you get a jet ski, which is sort of a license to kill. Yeah, and what experience of some of these people have, me included, it was zero. Well, we have you that. Know, you get that in America. Up, I, I, go to, I go to America in the winters, and we have that. You're quite right. We, we have that there, and, and they call it Budweiser's Law. That's he with the biggest boat and the biggest engine and the biggest gun has right of way. Luckily, we don't have that in the UK. They don't care. They'll hire you anything in America. You can, you can go into a gun shop. You can hire a machine gun. You can stand in. You can. You can stand <laughs> I'm going to do this if I go to Florida next You can hire a machine gun, stand in their range, and, and, and then buy a thousand bullets and shoot them at the range. Really? You're not allowed out of the shop. 
But how can they stop you if you've got a machine gun and a thousand rounds? You could just walk out, couldn't you? So, so, and, and they have, you can hire a, a boat. You, you, I know boat anglers. Uh, they just walk in and they hire a boat. But the problem is, you've got some experience in this, and I know some of the guys in the ma ma magazines are like experts at dinghy sailing. Right, it's very shallow there. Yeah. It goes, it goes in from 200 feet of water to one foot of water in 50 yards. Yeah. It Channels is, and flats. Oh, uh, flats and, and, um, and the grasses. But if you do something stupid in America, you are guilty of reckless endangerment and it's against the law. We don't have that. You can be as stupid as you like it. They are and I come and get you for nothing if you're still alive. And they're putting their, their cruise lives at risk to get you. And other boats will, uh, over here, you're expected to have your own policy of safety. Over there in America, if you want to be stupid, you'll be stupid. And if you're still alive, we'll fine you $10,000 or $20,000. And we'll charge you for all the rescue and the sea tow. Yeah, yeah. You can do what you like if you want to pay for it. Whereas here, we don't have that. And I, I do feel that uh, with a lot of, the, uh, I mean, I've some dinky sailors are a very good standard, you know, they're, they're a very good standard, and others just get on and go a seriously old boat. And, uh, I mean, you wouldn't get in an old motor car, a 30 year old motor car with a 30 year old engine that's still out in the garden and, 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 and just get in it and expect to go. It will worry but, me, yeah. But, yeah, but on a boat, <laughs> it will worry me, but on a boat, they do. And it is something that I, I advise everybody. To go on a course, even if it's an ordinary maintenance and day skipper course, because it does just teach you things. Anchoring alone is, is can be quite it can be quite a stressful affair yeah. if you get it wrong. Yeah, especially trying to get it out when it gets stuck as well with a small boat. I've yeah. done that a few times. Well, I had to cut my rope, you know, steaming well, around trying to get out with all the well, ring. You're trying to get it out, and if you're stuck, you're stuck. Because a lot of the time you yeah, don't know where you're anchoring. You mentioned ordinary rings because in the hands of somebody that's good at doing it, then they're wonderful. I mean, I have one. Even on a charter boat, I carry a proper rod on me, right? right? But and I can know how to do it. The thing is, if, you, if you've got a lot of wind and tide, and then you're transferring ropes from your bow to your Stirling. stanton and yeah, down the side, uh, down yeah. the side, uh, you can get in a lot of trouble with quickly, a rod on me, quickly, yeah. very quickly. You can go on, seriously. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. quite right. You can go seriously me, yeah. wrong. So it's. So, if you're paying a lot of money for a dinghy, get some professional help. Yeah, get some professional yeah. teaching, because some of them are brilliant. Some of the IYA, yeah. I, I won't name any names, but some of the ones I've met myself, just today, just, just fantastic. For value for money. Yeah, yeah. Value for money. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so Frank, I appreciate you. Uh, I know you're going to give me some marks. I'm going to write them down. And they're available at fifteen pounds each off me. Now he's uh, now he's got some good marks he's going to give me. He's going to uh, hopefully appear in bow fishing monthly and uh, a little tip on how to fish each one. And yeah. right, thank you very much, Frank, and uh, wish you luck with that new boat of yours. It looks pretty slick. It's obviously going to prove popular, and I'm sure you're going to nail a few fish with it. Yeah, I will. Um, I, I know it'll be a good boat. I mean, I'm just so pleased with it. I'm, I'm hoping we're open for bookings. We've got a few weekends left for this year. Plenty of weekdays. So, get yourselves down here and catch you some cod and some bass. My thanks then to Frank Shaw and to Graham Pullen, who between them have given us a great deal to think about in terms of fish availability, sustainability, and finally, how best to make the most of it. Mm -hmm.